Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, if I don't have quality time at the start of my day or whenever you can have your quiet time, Usually my perspective will not be godly. See, if I don't spend a little time with God, when I walk out into the world, who's the head of the world system? Satan is. And he will want to do what? Squeeze me into his way of thinking. See, this gives me a perspective that's different. I start the day right. I understand, no, I'm one of God's. It's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day living of dealing with the junk that everyone has to cope with. The danger is in forgetting that the main reason you're on this planet is to have a relationship with God, and that there is a personage and an entire system that's devoted to keeping you from that main relationship. Today, Pastor Mark will be teaching about the challenges you face as a Christ follower to make devotional time with God a higher priority. Realizing the importance of this alone time with God is a start— you'll learn about the benefits that carving this time out will have for your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James chapter 4 as he continues his series, Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. Understand, doing life apart from God causes our life to come apart. And I would like to say to this, if you want to grow and be healthy, Abram's learning here. I failed the test. He knows. Here's something I want you to understand. Look at this statement. Abram's new. Notice, there are no quick fixes to spiritual growth. It is a lifelong process of meeting with God. You can't meet with God one day every month and expect you to grow really good spiritually. It's not going to happen. I have to hear from God. I'm dependent on God. I'm not saying 24-7. Don't get weird. But I'm saying you have to take time. There's no quick thing. I have to evaluate my life, my priorities, by slowing down and thinking, what am I doing? You see, if I take a little time right here, and I just have this quiet time alone with God, you know what happens? God will speak to me, and something I'm kind of getting ready to go into, he'll go, Balmer, don't go down that road. And that will save me from eventually a very bad habit. See, that's where the intervention comes from God. He's going to speak to us. No, I know what's happening. Don't go there. I have to be able to hear God and obey God to do that. Now, I'm going to share with you something in a moment that I learned about 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago now. There's a time in our life when we have to evaluate ourselves, And we have to see where we're going, how we're doing, what's happening in life. Now, let me just say this, and I want you to understand. There 
I'm going to share one method that's helped me grow in my walk with God. One. Not the only one. Just one. But it's the one that I use. So it's called journaling. Journaling is the daily discipline of examining and evaluating our life in a written form. Jeremiah chapter 30. This is what the God of Israel says. Write down for the record everything I have said to you, Jeremiah. See, there's many ways of meeting with God right back here in this little quiet time. There's many ways. Journaling for me is very helpful. The bottom line is not journaling. The bottom line is taking time alone to hear God speak and have this conversation back and forth. Now, again, you have to understand that that's a way. And one of the things that journaling does, it helps you focus when you write. As you get older, you're not old enough yet, but you will be. A pen is better than your memory. Some of you say, oh, I've got great memory. Just keep getting older. (laughs) You know what we have to do? You have to write it down. Writing it down is way better than your memory will ever be. Quite often, God wakes me up in the middle of the night. My wife never asks me anymore, like, where are you going at 2 a.m.? I just go, write down what he told me to tell you. (laughs) And I just write it down. You know, I do that. I can't tell you early on. I get up in the morning. What did, what, did, what did God say to me? My wife says, you expect me to know? So I write it down. So journaling is a way to help you understand what's taking place. Now, if I don't have quality time at the start of my day or whenever you can have your quiet time, usually my perspective will not be godly. See, if I don't spend a little time with God, when I walk out into the world, who's the head of the world system? Satan is. And he will want to do what? Squeeze me into his way of thinking. See, this gives me a perspective that's different. I start the day right. I understand, no, I'm one of God's. You know, I was thinking just a few minutes ago, the young man that killed the 12 people. What if he had ever had a quiet time with God? I don't know, and you don't know, we'll never know what went through his mind. But I believe early on, if he started having those feelings, if he had a relationship with God, you know what God would say? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm." He'd start evaluating his life. That's a crazy thing to think. I know these people. I've worked with these people all these years. He would have never gone there if he had a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, you have to evaluate your own life. Because sometimes our thinking is crazy. Just like you heard Abraham. He's selfish. He didn't care about his wife. How horrible. So understand, this is what the journaling is about. helps me to focus. Now, how do I do that? Let me just share with you a couple ways I do it. And these are just one of many ways. I used to, for many, many years, I don't do it anymore. I had just an old book like this. And you'll see in a moment, there's three things I write down on a piece of paper. Yesterday, you don't have to copy it now, you'll see it later. Yesterday, then the Bible, what's God saying to me? And number three, pray. Who am I praying for? Who am I thanking God for? Whatever. Three things. So I just write it. And my journaling time would never really ever be more than one page. Not, sometimes not even the whole page. I just did that. I love to do that. And that helped me. 
And I, for many, many, many years, I had it. And after two or three years, I throw this stuff away because God's fresh speaking to me now. I don't need to go back to that. Then I discovered on my iPad, it's up to you if you want to do it. It's called basically Day One. Day One. It's a free app. And I go on here and I bring up every single day a new day. Boom. And I can write yesterday, or if I don't even want to do that, I just evaluate yesterday. You'll see what that looks like in a moment. I just do that. And all of a sudden, as I'm doing that, uh, then I can write Bible, what's God saying to me. And here's why I like day one. Two reasons. One, it corrects my spelling. (laughs) Don't laugh at me too much. It automatically corrects your spelling. So I do it right. By the way, my wife never reads my journal. That's between God and me. Same for her. Don't show your journal to somebody else. That's intimate with you and God. Now, you can talk to your spouse later about things, but that's me. Second thing it does, you can take a picture free on this. And here's what happened. How many of you remember mm, two, three years ago? I was having a hard time. I was at Sam's, and I pushed a card in, and I hadn't walked for a long time because I'd been in bed, and, and I couldn't run. And I tried to run, and I fell right in my face. How many remember? I broke my glasses. I had cut face and blood coming out all over the place. I remember. I took a picture of that. Now, why would I take a picture of that? Because when I went to Gateway to get treated, the first person that met me was an aide. And she saw my head all over the blood and everything. My wife finally picked me up, and we went there. And, and she said, come on back. And she said, Pastor Mark, what did you do to your head? I said, Pastor Mark, who, who? she's from the church. And she says, I'm just going to wipe it off, but one of the doctors will come and sew you up. And I ended up with like eight stitches here and five inside and whatever. And she says, I have no idea who will come because we have a bunch of doctors on here. Well, here comes this lady walking in. And I said, well, that's the doctor. Here we go. See what happens. And she says, Pastor Mark, I've never been this close to you before in my life. (laughs) And you know what God said to me? I have not left you. I'm taking care of you with people that know me. Yes. Now, that's not because I'm special. It's because God wanted me to know I've got you covered. That's the kind of God we serve. So I have that picture. Why do I have it there? When I'm getting discouraged, I go back to the picture. Wow. Thank you, God. See, when you write down, and you'll see in a moment yesterday, you just don't want to write down all the things that we didn't do good. Think of all the great things God did for you yesterday. Who you met and how things were. It isn't negative. So let's go. Let me just show you the first one. Uh, yesterday, the Bible. And then the second one, uh, third one will be prayer. We'll do that. Here's Yesterday. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind. You see, as I examine my life from yesterday in the light of the word of God, it keeps my heart tender. Now, I don't want you to write this down. This is just some things that reminds me to do. I do not write all of this every day. I just pick things. What did you do yesterday? But here's some things you can think about. See, you're evaluating your yesterday, not somebody else's. People I've met, decisions I made. Were they good? Were they bad? Sometimes I write in here, how did I treat my wife? Did I do well? Was I jealous? Was I selfish? How well did you live like Jesus outside, at work, and so forth? Did you use your time well? 
Uh, did you acknowledge that the Holy Spirit lives in you 24-7? In other words, that I go through half my day, I I'm try to go back to my own wisdom, re- forgetting that the Holy Spirit lives in me. He's ready to speak to me. So again, remember Socrates made this statement. An unexamined life is not worth living. See, if you don't stop as you move through life and evaluate how you're doing, nobody will do it for you. You have to do it in the light of God speaking to you. How am I doing, God? What's it looking like? Now, Abram, when he gets home, after blowing it big time, what is he going to do? Look at Genesis 13. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel. To the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier. And where he had first built an altar. Then Abraham called on the name of the Lord. He went right back to the altar. Now when he went right back to the altar, he wanted to meet with God. Now of course, in those days, there's no paper, there's no pen, there's no journaling, there's no writing, there's no notebooks, there's no Bible. But I want to share with you Kind of what I think he would have written down in that yesterday part. If he was here and he was meeting with God and he had a journal, what would he write? What was going on in his mind as he met with God? Well, let me just give you an idea. This is not the Bible. This is Balmer's idea. Here we go. I think it would have said something like this. God You know, recently, I tried to solve the famine problem my way. By the way, he's talking, obviously, to God. He wouldn't be writing. He's having to a conversation with God. I tried to solve my famine problem by my way, and I made a wrong decision to go to Egypt. I never even asked you. God, I took my eyes off of you. I panicked, forgot that you promised that you would take care of me regardless of the circumstances. I let fear replace my faith. I went to Egypt without you. You didn't direct me to do it. I simply went on my own wisdom. I'm ashamed. I'm sorry. I repent of my sin. God, would you please forgive me? That's the way we approach God when we've blown it. Do you see what Abram did? He did the right thing when talking with God. He admitted his failure. And he asked for God's forgiveness and a new start. You know what we do when God's convicting us, talking to us? Here's what we do. Somebody else made me do it, God. Somebody else made me do it. Remember Adam and Eve? In your marriage? Our marriage would be happy, hon. If it wasn't for you. Am I right? What's the other thing we do? We cover it up. As if it, what? Never happened. No, Abram does exactly the right thing. He doesn't hide from God. Now, why would that be foolish to try to hide our sin from God? If you're there and God convicts you of something, why would you dress him? Somebody over here, God. Well, think about this. How foolish is that? When you are trying to pull the wool over God's eyes. You know today in our world, 
there's actually millions and millions and millions of facial recognition cameras. Take a look at this first one. This is happening in the United States. This is in Europe. This is in Britain and whatever. You don't know this is happening, but our world knows who's living in their country. Worse than that is China. You know, Linda and I went there for many, many years, probably 15 years, teaching pastors and so forth. I don't know the number today. I guarantee there's more than 300 million facial recognition cameras. Wherever you go in China, they know who you are, where you live. This is how they close churches down, underground churches. They know exactly where you're at. Think of that. They just don't know your face. They can go back. They know where you live. They do whatever. But that's not all. It's not just the recognition cameras. Do you know that Google knows what you're doing? Hello? Yeah, you look up something. Next day, here's the ad. Well, how'd you get that information? Hello? They know who you are. By the way, Alexa knows what we're doing. She's not just giving you weather. She's writing it all down, baby. Hello, our smartphones are smarter than us. They know what they're doing. Am I right? And yet here we are as Christians trying to fool ourselves that all-knowing God doesn't know what we're doing. It's kind of funny, but it isn't funny, isn't it? Do you know what? God knows every detail about the 7.7 billion people in the world, including you and me. There is nothing hidden from our God. He knows anything, whether it's something I did or my heart is not right, I'm thinking wrong. You cannot hide it from God. Abram learned something as a brand new believer. Here's the two things he learns. Abram confesses. He doesn't make fun. He doesn't try to hide it. He doesn't blame anybody else. And he discovers these two truths. Number one, God is always willing to forgive. And the big part is to forget. But notice the but. First, you must, I must confess to God. He will never forgive your sins or forget them until you confess. First John 1, 9, if we confess. See, don't play with that. It doesn't matter. If you don't get rid of that, that sin will affect you. Eventually can become a habit. And so easily because Satan's a great deceiver. Do you think many of these people in our world today who are on drugs and alcohol... Think the first time they took that drug or whatever, marijuana, all the other kind of things. They have. Well, I'm just going to be a heroin addict the rest of my life. Never once. Be careful. The second thing he learned is this. No one can go forward without letting the past be the past. You see, Abram learned. He confessed. He was honest. He was humble. He was opening. God forgave him, gave him a brand new start, and he moved on. You can't allow Satan. See, when God forgets our sins, it doesn't mean he doesn't remember it. It just doesn't have any recognition for him anymore. But guess who comes into your mind and says, remember what you did two years ago, you stupid person, you? God didn't really forgive you. That's Satan's lie. 
Don't believe it. When God forgives, he forgets. Let's not go back there for ourselves. Because you will never go forward. You can't live living in the past. Now, when you see that happening, Abraham let go of his past. He resumed following God on a daily basis. The only way to live, I've been a Christian 70 years. This year, 71. The only way to live is what I'm doing right here. In the beginning, God. This is me. You will never live unless you have some kind of a quiet time. Five days a week, three days a week, six days a week, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you want. No legalistic, but some way. Journaling or just talking, reading your Bible. You you must read your Bible because that's how God speaks to us. And you'll see that next week. If you'll do this, just like the letter I read from the beginning with this lady. 11 years ago, she started it. It's become a habit. It's still changing her life. It's still changing my life. See, when you get with God, just remember, you can't put anything over on him. He knows exactly. But he loves us. He's filled with grace. And he will absolutely come and forgive us. Now, that's the only way to do life. I don't know where you're at. I told my wife this morning. I said, as I'm going through this series, I wonder how many people in their mind are going, Yeah, sounds good. I'm not even interested. I have no idea. That's not my responsibility. I just teach the word of God. See, you're responsible, not me. I'm responsible for my own life. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink. But here's one thing I prayed all weekend. That every person in our campuses this weekend would leave our buildings as a follower of Jesus Christ. I can pray that because that's the will of God for everybody. And I just want to say this to you. If you've never, ever committed your life to Christ, you will never be a success at anything you do. Well, you have money and you have this, you have a name, big house, lots of, maybe divorced five times and then kids, that's fine, that's fine. It's, it will never solve what you are. You were made to do life with God only. That's when you get peace, joy, purpose, and meaning. I know some of you are saying, well, that's I, too much. I messed up my life. Look, God takes everybody, gives new starts. How many of you in our campuses here had more than one good start from God after you blew it? Let's see your hands. How many have more than 100 good times? There we go. And now we're in the real life, aren't we? I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Let's just bow our heads. Father. Today, I, I realize I've been trying to hide my sin. I've been trying to cover it up, blame somebody else. But it's me, O oh Lord, in need of forgiveness. And today, I know you're reading my heart. I know you spoke to me through the word. I confess my sins to you. Sorry for them. God, help me put my trust in you and to allow me to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to do life with you. So I ask for your forgiveness in a brand new start. Today, Pastor Mark talked about getting closer to God with a regular quiet time. He talked about using journaling as a way to remind yourself about God's working in your life. He told you that it's a good thing to remember the positive things God's doing in your life. Since 
pretty much everything and everyone else around you will tell you only the negatives about you. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this concludes the second part in Pastor Mark's series, Come Apart or Come, A-P-A-R-T. Next time, he'll begin the third installment in which you'll hear more about what the Bible has to say about getting close to God. You'll learn a useful acronym using the word Bible. You'll discover that Scripture has a lot to say about the usefulness and desirability of taking time to hear from God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.